Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Welcome back to Shouts of Grace. We are blessed that you have decided to take some time out of your day uh, to join us. Um, We're blessed to be able to share with you uh, God's Word, truths from God's Word, as well as um, just kind of navigating general, um, you know, real life situations and issues that we deal with um, as people trying to have faith in a dark world. And so um, you've you've joined us and also want to let you know that if you are new, you can um, catch up on a, on a lot of um, past broadcasts. I think there's over 200 now. We've been almost going for five years um, by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com, or you can go to all the podcast platforms and you can uh, download the podcast there um, for your listening enjoyment. And if you are a continual listener and you're tuning in again, then we want to say welcome back uh, and how blessed we are to have you a part of the Shouts of Grace uh, listening family. And we always want to say thank you uh, to Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. Last week, I had in studio um, a good friend of mine, as well as a partner in ministry at Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, uh, Utah. It's uh, Pastor Joe Funicelli. He's one of our elders and care pastors. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Thank you. Great. Joe, last week we we talked about, uh, I believe we were in Matthew chapter 10, and we just kind of talked about this this um, situation that we're all kind of living through now as the world becomes more more aggressive in its agenda um, and and just the expectations we should have that that the gospel and truth um, being a witness and proclaiming Christ is is going to get it, it, it's it's going to get into every crevice of our life it's it's already made its way into the church and the people in the church don't want certain truth it makes its way um, into the government and the government, doesn't want certain truth, but it also makes its way into our home um, where people in our families don't want certain truth. And the outcome of that is a division. And Jesus's point there was, hey, you're not greater than your master. If you claim to love Christ, then people are going to hate you just like they hated me. And some of that hatred will be really close to home in your own home. And so this week, I I thought what we would do is we would look at when, when Jesus said in Matthew 10, when you give a testimony for my name's sake, what he's really talking about is he's talking about the gospel, right? He's talking about the truths of the gospel and what God has to say. And so I thought we'd look at one of the, probably the, the, the best examples of a proclamation of the gospel um, in Acts chapter 2. Um, the, the, the situation is the Holy Spirit has descended upon the apostles. Um, they came out and they're on Pentecost. And there was kind of this festival that was going on during that time. So people from all over the known world were visiting uh, Jerusalem there. And and Peter goes outside and he sees this crowd. And so he begins to share the gospel with them. And and so I want to pick it up as as he concludes this um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. It says, now when they, that's the crowd, when they heard this, as Peter was talking, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, 
brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added to the church about 3000 souls. So Peter stands up and he shares the gospel and there was a reaction to the gospel And it says in verse 37, they were cut to the heart. What does that mean, that they were cut to the heart? Well, I think they were just absolutely pierced and saying, oh, my goodness. It was was probably like their eyes were open. You know, maybe they were the ones that were, were calling out for Barabbas instead of Jesus. And, and, or maybe the Holy Spirit convicted them and said, hey, your sins took them to the cross. But in some way, God reached their hearts and God convicted them. And they said, oh boy, look what I have done. Uh, What shall I do? Yeah. In, In verse 29, when he's talking to them, the content of his message says, brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried. And so what he does in this presentation is he goes back kind of and giving them a little bit of history of what they know. In other words, he's identifying with them and he's saying, look, all the things that you knew of in the past, Stephen did this great in Acts 7, right? He goes back, he knows who the audience is and he starts to share and, and bring the history of their understanding into the present. And then he relates it to Christ. And so when it says they're cut to the heart, I, I think what, what they exactly what you said. They're, they're like, man, you know, Ro- Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. Meaning when the gospel is shared, there is such a power that goes into the, the mind and the understanding of the hearer. And they're just pricked to the heart. Now, there were many times when the gospel was shared in the New Testament and people, the religious people were just adamantly disapproving of it. They were, they became enraged. In fact, in Acts 7, when Stephen shares, that's exactly what happens. They stopped up their ears and they're like, we don't want to hear that, you know, and they ended up killing the messenger, right? And so why, why do you suppose, help us work through this. Why do you suppose that the same gospel that is shared to these people here cuts their heart, yet when it's shared to the Acts 7 crowd, they want to stop their ears and they don't want to hear it. Why such two radical extremes? Um, you know, the Acts 7 crowd, were, were. it appears that they were the religious leaders of that day. And so maybe uh, to accept this, to receive this meant giving up their positions, their positions of power, um, all that came with that, um, and they went ahead and didn't want to uh, didn't want to hear that. And uh, maybe this was more common folks who were like, "We don't have any positions to give up. <laughs> we're we're sinners. We we fall on our knees, and we want this salvation." Um, and so uh, maybe that's one of the reasons their hearts uh, were more willing to receive or or to. And you know, in in reality, in Acts seven, they were also cut to the heart. They wouldn't receive it. 
I mean, yeah. you know, they pull, they they stopped up their ears, you know, and they ran and they stood. And I think it said his face shone like an angel, Stevens. So they had all those things taking place, and 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 they they wouldn't receive at least at that point. Who knows what happened to them later on? But yeah, here, here here's the here's the account when he shares, in in Acts seven fifty one it says Stephen says you stiff necked people uncircumcised in heart and ears you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers so did. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute and kill? who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you've now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God. Verse 57, but they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and rushed him. <laughs> so it was like these people are so adamant and they're the religious people, just like you said. Yeah. And and he just lays it out, right? And so I, I think you're right. I think there was a cutting to the heart. Only one produced this response in Acts 2, where he says, after they were cut to the heart, what shall we do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What a what a difference. Yes. One didn't ask the question. The yes. other asked the question. Yes. You know, one was willing to uh, being cut to the heart was willing. Oh, my goodness. How do I make this right? Is there any way that I can undo this wrong or un, un, undo a life of sin? Can I, can this be rectified, straightened out, sorted out? And then uh, Peter tells them, of course, how it can be. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that. Peter said to them, repent. Let's stop right there. What is repentance? It's it's well, like these people. <laughs> what can I do? They they are all of a sudden are going to have a change of mind. They are seeing their life, or seeing what they've done, or seeing them reject Christ and send them to that cross. Whether they did it personally, calling out for Barabbas, or they realize their sin did it, and so they are willing to to do whatever it takes. And Peter's going to tell them this repentance is a change of mind. The way you were going, you thought was okay. Now you realize it isn't. Change your mind on that, and then you will eventually, you know, come to God, and He will help you make the corrections you need. But you need to acknowledge. You need to acknowledge the way you're going isn't right. You can't just come to God and say, "Well, you know, whatever I'm doing is okay." You know, I'm hanging out here and doing this there, whatever it is, and you're going to think you're going to come to God and be accepted. Well, God's going to accept you, but you need to admit before a holy God that he has standards of holiness, and you just can't bring uh, your lifestyle in and continue on in that and think that you're, everything's going to be hunky-dory, because it's not. Yeah. He wants to change you. He will show you maybe little by little or maybe all at once. But you have to be willing to say, what do you want? What is right before you? Or what do you, what are your standards? You know, and, and that's only common sense. My gosh, he's the creator of everything. Let's, yeah. let's get on and do what's right. Yeah. Is, is there a gospel with no repentance? There can't be. There, there cannot be because 
if there's no repentance, then I'm just going to walk arm in arm and, and think I'm going to hold God's hand and he accepts this lifestyle or whatever it is I'm doing. Now, maybe it has nothing to do with being woke. Maybe maybe it has to do with I'm using drugs or maybe none of that. But maybe in the secretly, uh, secrecy of my own home, I'm on watching porn every night and, I'm a, uh, and I have a, uh, an upright position someplace. And you know what? That isn't going to cut it because God knows in the darkness what happens. And so you better come to him, just get it clean and and, and repent and, and, and turn to him. Yeah, I agree. There's, there is no uh, gospel without repentance, right? The very first words Jesus said when he came down from the temptation and he started his ministry was repent. The kingdom of God is at hand, right? You're a hundred percent right. And, and I think, I think what's happened is, is, you know, in a lot of people's lives, um, they've they've found in their mind they've found this fire insurance against eternal destruction by grabbing on to God and saying yes praise God and praise God for grace right yeah. and and so we we believe in grace yeah, we, we, yeah. we 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 are we are flowing in the grace of God every Amen. day it's not Amen. a salt shaker that we sprinkle on yeah. our sin it's a, it's a river we live our life in right yeah. however. You know, to assume that the grace of God is permission to sin. Well, Paul talked about that in Romans 6. Shall I continue to sin so that the grace of God may abound, right? And the answer is, God forbid, how can you which are dead to sin live in it any longer? And so you're right. Um, you, You don't have a gospel without the message of repentance, and you don't have a genuine faith unless you have a repentant heart, which is agreeing with God 100%, right? So what I want to do is I want to tap into some of the things he says here at the end of this right after the break, um, and we'll kind of look at the rest of this. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Hey, welcome back to the program. Uh, just before the break, we were looking at Peter's um, Peter's uh, sermon in Acts chapter 2 and just this this bold proclamation of the gospel, the cutting of the heart of the hearer and their response and asking, gosh, what do we do to be saved, right? It's like, like what, what now? We, we blew it. We were wrong. And then we had left off with Peter's first, um, Peter's first um, direction to them is repent, right? So, so there's an expectation in verse 38 of Acts 2 that upon receiving the gospel, there would be repentance if you're truly accepting it, right? But now he says, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the forgiveness of sins, um, of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you, your children and all who are afar off. And so what he's doing right here, Joe, is he's saying this right here is what happens when the gospel is shared and how a person is saved both now and for every generation after this, right? The promise here is for all, you know, here and who are afar off. And so one of the things he says is he talks about baptism. Now, why is baptism important? 
some people think like you and I live in a culture where it's so necessary that if that if you don't do it, you, you, your sins aren't forgiven. You don't know God. What is baptism in the right way to look at it? Well, you know, the Lord did give a command for two things, do communion and do it often um, and uh, proclaim what he's done on the cross. In baptism, he asked us to do that to show a um, outward sign. You go in, uh, you know, dead and you come out alive uh, in the water, that is. And it's an outward sign of an inward work that God has done through his Holy Spirit. And so you are going to proclaim that through baptism, and that is going to be in accordance with what the Lord asked us to do. Yeah. So he dropped, if you drop down to verse 40, he says something interesting. Save yourself from this crooked generation. So whatever was going on in Peter's day, he, deci- he, he, he described it as a crooked generation. And, but then he says something interesting. Save yourself from this crooked generation. So if I wanted to look at that, Joe, and I wanted to say, see, it says save myself. Save myself from this crooked generation. And you know, I decided, well, I'm gonna save myself by, by doing good. I'm gonna save myself by, by not being as crooked as the generation that I'm <laughs> supposed to, you know, that, or the, that I'm a part of. Like, what would you say to that? What does it mean to save yourself from this crooked generation? Well, of course, it, 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 listen, if we could save ourselves, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. You know, somebody had to bear our sins upon himself. Somebody had to take that from us. No matter what we do does not take away the stain of sin, the tattoo of sin all over my body. The blood of Jesus Christ does. And he was the sacrifice that uh, went to the cross and became sin for us. So you're going to do good. Well, good luck with that. But that's not going to cut it. Uh, Jesus already cut it for you. And don't be a thief and a robber and try to climb up some other way into uh, God's uh, sheepfold. Um, Allow the Lord to cleanse you through Jesus Christ. Just bow the knee and go to him and allow him to save you. He wants to do that. He said, um, um, he says, fear not, little flock, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's his desire. And so might as well just get his desire and get eternal life and let him love you and cleanse you and wash you and change you. Don't try to do this on yourself and and be good and put on robes of righteousness when for crying out loud, you're dirty as everybody else. Yeah. Amen. You know, I, I think I think when he says this to save yourself from this crooked generation, I, I think what he's referring to is what he just described. He shared the gospel and he said, now repent. Right. And in the very next chapter, in chapter three, he's going to he's going to share the gospel again with a group of people um, as he heals a lame man at at, at the gate, you know, there. And he says in chapter three, verse 19, repent, therefore, um, or verse 17. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did all your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that is, Christ would suffer has been fulfilled repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out so once again there's the message of repentance that's how you save yourself you know Mm, christ does the saving for sure but you save yourself by repenting Mm. and turning towards god so your sins could be blotted out but then he says something interesting in this one Um, he says repent and turn back that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And what does that mean? Does, 
does that mean that that there's 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 salvation, but then there's actually a promise connected to salvation? What does it mean? Times of refreshing. I think it's just one of the. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think the word is attributes, but I think it's just one of the things that comes with a relationship with God, mm. um, because because He loves us. Uh, I don't understand how that's all worked out. Um, but when you become his child, he doesn't hold you at arm's length. Um, mm. He loves you. He wants to refresh you and encourage you. And he, and, and, and trust me, as Hebrews would say, because he does love you, he will point out things just like you talked about yesterday to conform us to Christ that we might uh, have uh, walk a correct way in, in this life. And when it talks about times of refreshing, I think that that comes from the presence of the Lord. So you're, yeah. you're actually in the presence of the Lord that could come in your own home as you're reading, as you're praying, as you're at a worship service, but the presence of the Lord mm. refreshes you because he's the one that cares for you. He bore your sins. You're his child and he loves you. Yeah, isn't that what the psalmist refers to? In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy, mm, yes, right? I think yeah. that that's yeah. that. Man, Amen that's just that. That um, yeah. yeah. Well, going back, and we'll close up with um, in the last few minutes we have here in Acts chapter two, as he concludes this this sermon after he says, "Save yourself from this crooked generation." It says in verse forty one. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about three thousand souls. So 3,000 people's eternity was changed that day. Um, you know, w w we live in a day and age where uh, people are putting together church growth conferences all the time, right? This is how you grow your church and uh, on, on the mold, on, on the social media side. You know, you need to do this and you need to do that and make sure you've got this many, you know, sponsors and, and these ads and stuff. And then on, on this side, you know, how you grow your church is you got to have those first responders at the door and make sure that they got that gift and they're, you know, they're kind of their tour guide and they walk through everything because people will come back and make sure that you got this really grand, you know, um, um, experience inside the hall where, you know, the music is perfect and the smoke machines are good and you're really tapping into the emotion of people. And so there's all these tactics that we have. Well, the only thing I see here is I don't even see that there was a sound system. <laughs> the only thing I see here was the message. The message was the gospel and the message was repent. And it doesn't sound like Peter was worried about who or who wouldn't receive it. It doesn't sound like he was worried about people turning their back and walking out the door. So I better make this message relevant and 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 not quite so sharp on the edges. Let me sand it down so there's no offense there. He just gave the gospel and the message of repentance, and they were so cut to the heart, Joe, that that the church expanded three thousand people um, during that time. Um, so in the, in the last minute and a half that we have left, talk about why that's important based on what we're seeing happening in, in our world today. Well, Peter, Peter saw their spiritual need, and it wasn't to uh, sugarcoat anything. He said, listen, you guys need to be born again like Jesus talked in John 3. And so he presented to them that what they could receive, get forgiveness of sins, and they would have refreshing from the presence of the Lord. That meant more to anything than having people, uh, you know, put their behinds in chairs. It was all about, hey, let's just give the people what God desires to give them and set them free 
from their sins and give them a, a road uh, to him or they're on the road to him and let him refresh them, let him take care of his sheep uh, and let him minister to them. But it comes by repentance and Peter's not going to hold that back because if you don't have that, you don't have this preached, then people are going to sit there and they're going to stay the same as they always were when they came in. Yeah. Amen. And I don't think the church has to worry about the response of the human heart to the gospel. You share the gospel and God pricks the heart of some and they ask, what shall I do to be saved? And God stops up the ears of others and they just don't want to hear it because yeah. they, they, they don't want to turn from their life or you know whatever it is that's keeping them. So 100% agree. Uh, that's This is first century church growth. Preach the gospel, tell people to repent and stand back, get out of the way and watch what God does. Hey, we're out of time for this edition of Shout to Grace. Blessings to you and thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.